0: This episode is sponsored by Falcon Northwest and their kick-ass, custom-built gaming and workstation PCs. Head over to falconnorthwest.com and configure the PC of your dreams.
1: In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about how Threadripper is back, RTX Super Rumors, and how Windows 11 could be slowing your PC. Welcome to episode two hundred and seventy three of the Full Nerd. I am your fill in host for this week, Adam Patrick Murray, but I am not alone. I've got two fine gentlemen on the line here. The first one is Brad Chaco Taco Charkus. Hello, Brad. Oh and he's frozen Uh-oh. okay he's having Oof. yeah you know <laughs> he's just getting that
0: stir yeah yeah stare
1: I, I, right I, was, I was like man he's just he's just intimidating me with that thousand mile yeah. stare uh okay oh well, yeah we'll oh, and there he drops. Yeah. so brad is having internet issues at his house uh oh. glad to have you brad hopefully you can join back in right at the uh beginning of the show uh you know what let's go to mike Kreider. mike Kreider, good to have you
2: Howdy, howdy. It's nice to be here.
1: <laughs> and uh, fresh off of vacation is uh, is, is controlling the, the verticals and horizontals. It's Willis Sly. He's back.
0: Hello, everyone. Guten Morgen. Mm. Just trying to use up all my German right now because uh, I, I didn't get to use too much while uh, on my trip. Because when I try and the, the locals see me struggle, they're just like shaking their head like, mm. English, and I just shrug and like, yes. <laughs> so yes, I'm going to use a little bit of German today. Hopefully,
1: <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, uh, is that is that what it, were you trying to take? Tra- you know, just just speak English. It's okay. We we know the English. It's
0: it's you know, it's good to, it's good to try. They're, they're I, like, time is money, so uh, don't waste my time. Just, just just what you what do you want? What do you want? Time really. is money.
1: Time is money. Uh, and hopefully, Brad will be back uh, to talk about this fun stuff. Uh, glad to have you back, though, Will. Thank you. It's, Thank uh, you. It's been a number of weeks. Thanks, uh, and uh, we've uh, re- missed you.
0: Yeah, thank you, thanks so much, and uh, really thanks uh, to uh, Dan Masaoka for filling in and helping out over the show.
1: He he filled in. He he brought his uh his his, his Dan charm, his usual Dan. Dan charm. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Had some good questions. Um, but but you're back running back. the show. Uh, and we we have some news. Uh, you know, I don't really have any any, any tidbits to uh to hit, to hit. So I think we're we're, we're just going to run right into it. Um, yes, so uh, Threadripper. AMD has brought back Threadripper non-pro. Uh, I mean, they've updated both Threadripper Pro and non-pro. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Either way, Threadripper, like, I remember the early days of Ryzen, and th- when Threadripper came out, I was just like, oh my god, look at all these cores. Uh, and they, they updated it a couple generations, and then it, it's been kind of kind of stagnant or I should say on the the consumer end of it they they were keeping going with the the pro line but a lot of people were like no I need my Threadripper back well guess what it is back uh Threadripper 7000 um our uh, our esteemed colleague uh Mark Hockman has a, a write-up over on PC World I'm going to drop it in the the chat if you want to to check all the notes with me, um, but why don't you why don't we show the the slide Willis uh, right. the, the the first one that that has the the model numbers on yes. it? Uh, so there's three. So th- there's non-pro and there's pro. We're mostly going to talk about the non-pro here because that's kind of what we what we cover. But there's three of the non-pro Ryzen Threadrippers coming back at c seventy-eight eighty X with sixty-four cores of goodness, uh, max boost of five point one. Uh, and then down the stack, there is a seventy nine seventy X, which is thirty two cores, sixty four threads, with five point three gigahertz uh, boost. And then the the bottom non pro version is a seventy nine sixty X with twenty four cores, forty eight threads, and also five point three gigahertz. Um, we're not going to go over the the full details, but I, I have a little bit of my notes. Uh, the sixty four core um, has a base of 32, boost of 5.1, um, 256 megabytes of L3 cache, 320 megabytes cache total, and that's going to clock in at $5,000. $5,000 US dollars. Wow. It's a lot of money. But hey, if time is money and you do a lot of work and you need those cores, that's a lot of cores, baby. Um the down the stack, uh, the the 7970X is 2500 and the 7960X is 1500 um all these are 350 watt parts they're all unlocked uh, for some overclocking and i actually i've never heard too much about people overclocking threadrippers so i don't know how how much you can push it uh, four channels of air check error checking ddr5 memory 48 lanes of pcie 5.0 but a total of 88 usable pcie lanes including pcie 3 uh, the the pro versions actually have switched to 12 core per CCD, uh, but the the non pro versions continue with eight cores per CCD. Uh, but now the there's 32 megabytes of uh, cache per CCD. So definitely definitely some uplift. Uh, I mean they just announced it. There's no reviews, anything like that. Um, there's a generational uplift according to AMD of uh, IPC uplift of 15%. If you want to show that other slide with the the performance metrics uh, that they kind of showed off. Um, Obviously this is, this is aimed at power users. Uh, So they, they kind of break off some of the, their, their, their early benchmarks uh, into software and sciences, media and entertainment, design and manufacturing, architecture, engineering, and construction. Uh, So they showed off some, some different uh, applications here compared to a Intel Xeon W9 3495X. Which is a sixty-five core uh CPU. And I mean they're they're showing good uplift. Any, anywhere from four percent in key shot rendering to ninety-four percent in meta shape. I've never heard of either of those applications, but sounds cool. Uh Mike Kreider, do you need how many cores do you need if you were to sit down and calculate how many cores you need at home?
2: Gosh, this is embarrassing. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many cores I'm actually using right now. I think it's eight cores. Um, so yeah, I was wondering, like, the most intensive media application I use is Photoshop, mm-hmm. and then it's just a bunch of gaming. Mm-hmm. So I I don't see how I could ever justify this kind of expense. It's super cool that you can make this. I can I can see how people making just monster workstations would need it. It's in a universe completely separated from from mine.
1: Well, yeah, and I. Like that Threadripper non-pro existed in this interesting spot, and and for, s- for somebody like us for video production, like I feel like we're we're on the cusp um, of needing like all those cores. Like I can imagine a world where a rendering workstation would be awesome, but we don't we don't really shoot that much video that like you know is like oh man we need to to set up some renders and just just go kind of thing but
0: we're talking 8k videos though. yeah, yeah right. Those, right who knows
1: right. yeah uh i mean yeah but the i mean i guess maybe the closest would be when we have to render out full nerd because mm-hmm. the we do like an archival version we'll do we'll do a cms version we'll do the audio version so like it's it's you know a two-hour podcast that needs to render multiple versions at the same time so you know i i, I flirted with that idea uh, of having such a powerful machine and the the non pro thread rippers were kind of where that fun spot was at. And I remember people were even getting into like gaming. They were like, "Oh man, imagine if I can do all this work." But how is it for gaming? It wasn't always the best for gaming, but I mean, it, it could get the job done. Um, but yeah, and then I mean, and-
2: for for gaming on these, like the the current um, X three D stuff with that VCash would be would it be better, or is it just a matter of, of performance versus dollar? I,
1: I, I don't I don't I don't think ever Threadripper has been better <laughs> I think it's just more more like oh hey how good can I game on this work machine you know like mm-hmm. oh I've got this this work machine but how good can I make it to game I mean I, there was other configurations where people like broke it up into different uh, um, uh, applications like oh hey I have uh, oh god why can't I think it? it's not partitioning um Virtualization, where it's like, oh, you know, I've I've got I've got all these cores that I can dedicate to different uh, virtualization app uh, applications, and you know, while the the works the off doing one, I can game on the other. Uh, so yeah, it's I don't know, I I've never I've never chased down the rabbit hole too much, but I'm glad it does exist, and I know AMD has at least said like, oh hey, we thought the the pro version of Threadripper could be beneficial to people who need it. But there was was that gap between the the top-end desktop, uh, mainstream desktop chip, which, I mean, in my mind, 16-core, 32-thread is still, like, we're we're in a damn good spot for that. Really good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hey, Brad's back. Hello, Brad.
3: Yeah, I've been lurking. I'm glad you can hear me. I have to, uh, hello, internet. My internet's acting up, so I just had to tether, plug it in my phone, and it freaked out my headset. So uh, I'll be muting so I can hear you guys through my laptop. (laughs) Fun stuff going on yeah fun stuff uh,
1: uh, so uh, Brad we, we we were talking about who Threadripper is for and why uh those people are, are glad to have it back uh, what's what's your yep. take on what's what's your take on that
3: uh yeah i've been following you guys for a couple minutes just oh, okay. i wasn't sure if my microphone was working so i didn't want to I, I didn't hear
1: in. you pop in it was weird zoom didn't give the uh-huh. little chime <laughs>
3: Uh, I think you can look at, uh, if you go to the article about this, or if you look at the chart that Willis just showed, if you look at the performance charts, I think that kind of tells you who these are for. It's heavily loaded on, you know, studio creation. Basically, I remember when Threadripper 3000 came out, uh, AMD was banging the drums real hard about how, like, you know, mid-size movie companies and stuff use this for rendering, so on and so forth. If you look at the chart, it also has, like, uh, Unreal Engine comp- compilation, Chromium compilation, stuff like that. Mm. So this is definitely a prosumer chip. That being said, I'm really glad it exists because uh, it was a bummer when Threadripper 3000 came out, and after that they said, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. High-end desktop's dead. Intel's high-end desktop's been dead. Before then, it was like, oh, stop, yeah. stop. He's already dead. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and they obviously skipped out uh, Th- Threadripper 5000 series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really encouraged to see this news because to me, Intel's 14th gen was deeply underwhelming, as we talked about last week. So to have AMD follow it up a few days later with, uh, hey, you know, here's the most badass chips that I've ever released that you can run Windows on. Uh, I'm glad they exist. It's nothing I'll ever personally buy, but there definitely is a market for it. Mm-hmm.
1: No, and I, I actually chatted a little bit with Corden uh, uh, about this when the news came out. But yeah, he he was like, d- "Does it?" He he was wondering, "Does that mean they just have an excess of chips? Like, are, are do they just have like such a good supply? Is that where they're like, okay, you know what? Let's 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 bring it back, or if it truly was like, hey, we need to we need to spin this up. There is enough of a use case that it's worth us dedicating, uh, you know, manufacturing to to spin this up." because i mean the, the the pro versions have been there and it's definitely needed for a lot of stuff but i also like i feel like i feel like the pro versions were definitely like corporations like bigger companies who were were buying a lot of machines where the non pro versions were like kind of smaller smaller companies for lack of a better word <laughs> like right you know and then some some people who were just like who who were kind of like the, the enthusiasts that that wanted it, uh, like the like the 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 enthusiasts that were getting it themselves and building it themselves, they they weren't going to move to pro, but then the the small companies either couldn't go to pro because it was it was too much or just stuck with the the uh, the three thousand version for a bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that uh, friend of the show Steve Burke over at Gamers Nexus, uh, had uh. Their editing machines were all on Threadrippers, and then they they ended up moving off of them to Intel-based systems. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's a cool area to to keep up with. You know, I'll I'll be curious to see how the uh, how the reviews come out. You know, maybe we'll build one just for fun, just to just to have it. Uh, I do remember the first time I saw, I, I got to hold a Threadripper CPU, and I mean that thing is still massive compared to <laughs> <laughs> any other chips. Uh, that are out there. I've still
3: never actually held one. Oh, you I haven't? I haven't had a chance to. Yeah, this for as long as it's been out, uh, I didn't get to uh, the different events the year that they were first announced. I've seen them in systems. I've played with systems running them, but I've just never held one.
1: We should... We, I mean, we still have a, a ton of older generation ones. Maybe we'll just send one to you. Just so you can hold it in your I hand. I mean, I held that giant one that we
3: had in the background.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not quite the same. <laughs> not quite the same. I, not quite the same.
3: Uh, the one thing I find interesting about this generation of Ripper is the previous ones got... Had twelve and sixteen core offerings for people who needed all the uh, you know extra memory c- capacity and quad sto- quad channel and stuff like that. And this one, they're just going, hey, you know, if you want all that stuff, you got to go twenty four cores or up. So they're clearly refining this. I wouldn't be surprised if us a, a mixture of there was actually some demand for this, and they probably do have a ton of supply from leftover Epic chips. So win win.
1: But and I I know there were some people like, okay, well that's that's cool they're bringing it back but why why even have a the the bottom one the uh the 7960x with 24 cores because i mean that's that's pretty damn close to to what we can get in in desktop parts but i think a lot of people don't realize that, that i mean there are some people who just need a ton of pci lanes um yep you know that it's just like hey like pci lanes error correcting memory that kind of stuff is like important to them and core count isn't uh so yeah it's and for those kind of people, yeah, the a pro version is just way overkill, or you know, cost wise. So, so yeah. And I
3: mean, going from sixteen to twenty four cores is still a fifty percent improvement, or whatever that is. For oh. sure, for sure, <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: So yeah, I mean, there, there's there's more we could talk about the the architecture and the you know all that kind of stuff how it compares to Intel, but all like also I, I'm just not I'm not honestly I'm just not steeped in that uh, HEDT. Uh, kind of, kind of stuff in this, especially not the, the, uh, workstation kind of stuff. So, um, anything, anything else to talk about with Threadripper?
3: Off the top of my head. If, uh, you need it, you know it. If you want it, you know that too. Those are the only two reasons to really go get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we got it. we got a super chat from uh, space channel five. Ooh, la la. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Th- thank you uh, f- uh, five pounds. No, euros. L. What's pound, the L? Pound, pounds, pounds. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate Only it. Because I spent years recently, oh, so I got go. that mixed up. Myself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you need more than sixteen cores for work, then that's what a rack with four thousand cores is for. Uh, yes, all the cores, all the cores. Um, before we get to the next segment, and I remembered this time, let's stop for a second to thank our friends over at Falcon Northwest, the maker of of dream PCs. Uh, I have a, a frag box here. This is the, the newest iteration of the frag box with a, a 4090, a, a full size fat 4090. Uh, I, I, there's a little video with a, a tour. If you, if you want to see the insides, uh, it was funny. We, before we started the show, uh, Mike was like, Oh man, this looks like a, one of those, uh, land boxes that you could, <laughs> you can carry around. And yeah, the, the, the built-in handle on the top is, is pretty fun. I've always worried that like, Oh man, how how sturdy is this thing but after after carrying this thing around for for years uh in its various iterations i i don't i don't feel like it's gonna <laughs> i i i would feel comfortable carrying this thing around can you hand work hand. out with it oh yeah no this is i <laughs> Oh, can i even i can't even lift it with one hand over here uh this is this is a, a dense powerful powerful machine um yeah, and uh, it's not it's not just about the guts, though. It's also Falcon Northwest is is lauded for their support. Um, they have uh, this Falcon overnight service, so within the first year uh, of getting a a Falcon Northwest machine, uh, they if if they if you have run into a problem with your PC and you ca- they can't get it fixed with uh, their support, they will pay for overnight both ways. Uh, to, to get you back up and running because a lot of people rely on Falcon Northwest for, for work kind of like what we're talking about with the Threadripper stuff I'm, I'm sure Falcon Northwest has Threadripper options uh, and yeah when, when you need work done you don't want your machine to be sitting around just being like alright well crap I can't get work work done uh, then then yeah that's it's definitely one of the reasons to uh, to get a Falcon Northwest boxer or, or check them out Uh, a friend of the show Davina Duckworth says a uh, luggable case Yes, this is this is yes. luggable It is definitely luggable um But yeah, it's 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 heavy duty. Do- you know, actually, I f- I feel like I could use this as like a shield. Like <laughs> if I had like a sword. Oh, you've got swords. Brad's
3: got swords. Uh,
0: got yeah. your own captain. Captain, yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> I have a frag
3: box too. I'm actually separate from the sponsorship thing. I'm actually testing. I think I mentioned this last week. I'm testing one, reviewing one. Oh, it was a frag box it really as good? Yeah, it was a frag oh, okay. box. I thought it was a talon. Nope, I asked for a frag box because uh, I'm working with limited space. So we went through the whole consultation setup kind of process to see what's in there. Uh, and that is not reviews.
1: sponsored. That's
3: uh... it's not sponsored whatsoever. This is me, my honest opinions. Uh, it's going to come out sometime later this week. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm actually highly impressed. And again, that has nothing to do with the sponsorship. Uh, it's definitely a carryable around, very powerful case.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of power. Like it, it's it's hard to describe. Like just how dense and powerful it feels <laughs> like like the actual build materials but then also the the power inside of it so uh oh and then the friend of the show says brad is not impressed with adam's lifting skills yeah <laughs> i will say this is my bad elbow
3: this is my bad elbow so you know uh,
1: anyway <laughs> <he> use <laughs> a good arm <laughs> it's uh, funny
3: the reason I, I asked for that one to be sent to me is because i'm not dealing with space so i was looking for one that i can easily carry around with one hand
1: <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> uh speaking about carrying around with one hand hopefully these new uh nvidia rtx super gpus are uh, are carryable around with one hand um we get we got some rumors swirling brad i, I know brad usually doesn't like to talk about rumors but he, he was mentioning in our slack he's like oh we can talk about the rumors and i was like oh, okay let's do it so
3: uh, mike actually covered it
1: yeah mike covered it uh mike why don't you give us the lowdown on the rumors of uh, 40 series supercards.
2: Sure. Uh, It's not that complicated. We're seeing some, some low level rumors coming from sources that are connected to OEMs that say the RTX 4070 and RTX 4080 will get refreshed forms with, uh, with more Ram and boosted uh, memory buses. And that's, that's about the start and finish of it. Uh the RTX 4070, I don't have it off the top of my head, uh boost up from 12 gigabytes to 16 gigabytes, and the 4080 would be 16 gigabytes to 24 gigabytes. Both of those, as a sort of shorthand, are being referred to as the RTX 4070 super, 4080 super. They're not entirely certain that's what they're going to be called. Uh, it's been a couple of generations since they used that nomenclature. There's already a 4070 Ti, obviously, but there isn't a 4080 Ti. So there could be some fudging over that. Um, the source is videocards.com, which we're generally very reliable on. So, I mean, we pass on tons and tons of rumors, especially when it comes to things like graphics cards. These seem seem fairly solid, fairly reliable. Uh, it's interesting because last year, rather publicly and, and in a very embarrassing way, NVIDIA decided to drop one of the SKUs for the 4080, mm-hmm. uh, specifically because of, of the RAM included in the value proposition, or rather the lack of value. Uh, so this is kind of coming back around full circle.
1: Yeah, what, so uh, yeah, they haven't used the super nomenclature since the 20 series. Brad, remind me, were those also price increases, or did they slot in where the the original prices were?
3: No, that actually, that generation closely mirrored this one. Uh, NVIDIA got off first with the 20 series, the 2080 Ti and all that. Mm -hmm. They launched their lineup straight off the gate with uh, Ti models. Uh, And then AMD's Radeon 5000 series came out and just vastly outperformed it, price-to-performance-wise, in the mid-range. They had already shot their Ti model names off, so to combat... AMD's mid-range strength. They refreshed the lineup with Super, and the prices were slightly lower to maintaining the same, but with decent jumps in performance. And it's looking very much like a mirror, a reflection of that exact same kind of scenario this time around. It seems like.
1: And did did they continue to sell the non supers? Right. So it, it... Uh,
3: for a brief period of time, they did. For it depend. It depended on the card. I believe the twenty. Sixty, Jeez. some of them went away. Some of them didn't. Mm. I'm not even gonna try to remember yeah. that right now. <laughs> that was many years ago. Well,
1: and I, I do uh, remember there was at least a visual refresh where the non-super cards, the 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 middle plate between the two uh, fans, uh, went from like kind of like a, a matte black to a a shiny finish.
3: Uh, a mirror. Yeah, a those were the super yeah. cards.
1: Yeah. Is yeah. there is there any rumors about uh, a design change on the supers here?
3: Uh, haven't heard anything like that. Uh, all of these, you know, take them with a grain of salt, although it is popping up quite a bit. Uh, I was watching Moore's Laws is, is dead. Tom over there, mm-hmm. uh, we've had him on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely, you know, hit or miss, but he has plenty of hits as well. And he was saying, according to his sources, uh, final designs aren't fully locked in yet. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, then we wouldn't know about, you know, physical designs if the gpu configurations aren't quite locked in hmm. but again take that with a grain of salt but there's an awful lot of smoke around this and i think that increasing the memory capacity on the 4080 might make it more appealing especially if they're still going to ask 1200 bucks i'm hoping prices get reset a little bit but i don't think they're going to
1: well wasn't there a lot of smoke around a 4090 ti or a, a, a titan rtx like what is that? do you think the smoke was like, oh, it cleared and it's just not coming out, or could it come out as part of
3: this? Uh, to have something like that, they would have had to use a little bit more. Like, the 4090 is already most of the way full of that chip, but has a little bit left. Mm-hmm. They would have had to fully utilize that chip, which requires bidding, and probably jack more juice into it. I'm guessing they probably designed something like that to have in their back pocket in case... RDNA 3? Are we on 3 now? No. Yeah. RDNA 3 came out kicking butt and taking names, so that was like a break-cat glass in case of emergency kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In this case, uh, NVIDIA's already said we're not going to have a new architecture for GeForce until 2025. So, you know, mid-cycle refresh is, is standard, and I'm I'm hoping pricing reset somewhat, but I don't expect it.
1: Yeah, because that that was something else. I, I I can't remember if we had an article or not, but the... I definitely noticed it recently going to to Newegg. The forty ninety prices have have like started to like. I'm sorry, the prices have started to increase a little bit, but also the availability of cards seem to kind of go down. Some of some of them have just like been sold out for a bit, and I was like, huh, um, yeah, not so. Maybe that points to a uh, some sort of forty ninety Ti or refresh or yeah, who knows? But
3: yeah, it could be, could be if that it could be that it could be. They're anticipating whatever the 4080 Ti or 4080 Super is being close enough. Like the 3080 Ti was basically a 3090. Mm. If they can use these massive, almost full-fat GPUs, the 4090 GPUs, and shift them over to AI, I'm sure they would like to. So Mm -hmm. if they can get a somewhat cut-down 4080 Ti or Super that has 16 to 20 gigabytes of memory, that would probably make a lot more fiscal sense for them. And so they might be letting 4090 die down, but who knows? There's a lot of different ways they could be doing things here because AI has just made it very hard to guess what Nvidia is doing.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and I I see it all the time. People being like, "Oh, Nvidia has forgotten about the gamers." Um, so, you know, and and they're they're just so hyper focused on getting all that AI money. Which, hey, you know what? This is, this is uh, capitalism. So,
3: I, I guess get that money. Uh, I mean, those those flagship AI chips are. Sources or industry reports say that they sell for $25,000. So if I was NVIDIA, I would prioritize selling those, two.
1: <laughs> you can't hate them. You can't hate them for that, I guess. You know, get, get that money. Get uh, that money. Maybe, maybe they're just jealous uh, they're not getting that money. Um. But so, okay. Do you think, though, because right now the 7, like I feel, word on the street, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the 7800 XT is like is that 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 sweet spot if you're if you're looking for an awesome card at 7800 xt is a damn good price we did see the 4070 normal prices drop just a little bit right didn't they drop like 50 bucks um yeah to,
3: to, to i'm of... not sure if they still did but they did when it first launched the port 7800 xt so but i mean
1: introducing a super card do you think that will change the equation at all because i mean a 4070 super is still I mean, even if it slots in at the same price, that's still more than a 7800 XT. Like, do you? But do you think it, like, maybe maybe catches up with the 7800 XT? Like, yeah, I don't know.
3: We'll have to see how it all goes. The interesting thing this generation is that Nvidia's cards rock for what they do. They are just overpriced. Uh, so maybe in an ideal world, what would be is these super variants drop in at the previous MSRP. And and NVIDIA knocks a hundred bucks off of everything else. In which case those original non-super versions would be a lot more appealing and could take it pretty hard to uh, AMD, but we'll have to see. Yeah. I
2: mean, and and keep in mind, we're, we're making these comparisons as if they're direct one-to-one comparisons in hardware, but if I remember right Nvidia is still sitting at more than 80% of the desktop mm. card market. Like uh, they make a card they're yeah. going to sell it. Yeah. They do not have to compete directly with AMD on every single point if they don't want to.
1: Yeah, uh, we've pointed out many times is that said hey, they uh, as as much as the, a lot of people love to to bitch and moan about uh Nvidia pricing, people still keep buying it. So what incentive do they have to to change things around? Uh so yeah, I mean, I I do wonder, I do wonder, I mean, there's a lot of people who I, I see this news or or any other kind of GPU news, and, and a lot of times after the discussion has died down, people are just always like, man, I hope there's a price reset sometime, <laughs> you know, and just like, I mean, is that, come on, realistically, is that ever going to happen? Do you think we're ever going to be like, hey, you know what, the next couple generations are going to be cheaper? Like, are, are are we just here with these prices to stay?
3: we're getting too close to the cutting edge and they're figuring out a lot of other ways to use GPUs that aren't just gaming. So, and inflation. So I think what we have is what we have.
2: I mean, without wishing to go into, into things that are outside of our wheelhouse, (laughs) I think it's possible to see a big reset, but if that happens, the prices of graphics cards are not going to be the, the primary thing that we're worried about at that point. Because if that happens, everything else is going to be very, very bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I mean, a lot of people, uh, here we go, we got a, a an endure, indoors meme uh, on YouTube says, if AI crashes, uh, but also I feel like we had that after the crypto pandemic crash, there was a big crash and, and things leveled off, but... It never got to that, like, dumpster fire kind of like, oh, man, you can get a GPU. For anyone can get a GPU for cheap. No. It was not. it was more like it, it came down to where it should have been, you know, a couple years before that. But it was still like everyone, I don't know. If, if Maybe we were just so excited. It felt like, oh, man, these things are going to be like half off. Uh, but- yeah.
3: Even in 2022, we're like, hey, you can finally get a uh, 3070 at MSRP now.
1: Right, right. Which was, I mean, which was a big deal for sure. But it never, like, like it never just really, really tanked. Uh, and I, I don't know if AI crashes would do that either, to um, tell you the truth.
3: but One thing only tangibly related to this that I found interesting, I recently updated our roundup of the best graphics cards mm-hmm. uh, ahead of Prime Day 2, the Prime Enem. And... <laughs> uh, AMD and Intel dominate anything under $500. Like, I know most people go out there and buy NVIDIA, and NVIDIA still is, like, their software features are outstanding. Their uh, high-end cards are really good performers, albeit mostly with questionable pricing. But if you're looking to spend $500 or less, like, don't necessarily just go buy NVIDIA. Go check out the AMD and Intel options, because what NVIDIA is offering for under $500, frankly, isn't compelling compared to the competition. Even with DLSS three available,
1: yeah. Well, I mean that that's the that's the other flip side of the coin, I, I guess. Um, I mean the, the, they they've shown this for the past couple of years. We have, and you even kind of alluded to it too. Is like, hey, like the actual much we can, what we can actually push for. Uh, for just pure raster performance is one thing and they're trying to say hey the the future is also these other features like dlss upscaling frame gen all that kind of stuff which i you know i know a lot of people are are down on and they just love pure uh render performance but you know it's it's, it's something at least
3: <laughs> i think they're right i think that is going to eventually be where it goes like i don't think Alan Wake 2 would be possible without all these different technologies like It supports mesh shaders, it's path tracing, it's all that kind of stuff. And that all requires the AI upscaling. But I think at this point in the evolution of graphics cards, uh, you still need to offer a compelling complete package. Mm -hmm. And that includes price. And I just don't think NVIDIA is hitting the price part of it under $500. Across the stack, like the 4080 is way too high price. So is the 4070 Ti. At least those are, you know, kick-butt cards in every other sense of the word.
1: Yeah, and apart from price, I mean the the biggest thing that that people will nail NVIDIA for compared to AMD is is the VRAM. So I mean at least this this ups the the VRAM capacity. Um, I mean it's it's definitely good for gaming, but also for me at least like video editing on on DaVinci Resolve, which is is more GPU bound than CPU bound. Uh, I've always wanted to do. I, I'm I'm planning in the future to do some DaVinci Resolve GPU and CPU testing. Um, but because I, I actually wonder, I won I do wonder how much VRAM, like it, you know, impacts that kind of performance. Uh, just personally on my workloads, so that'd be great. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Well, it's 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 all rumors, all rumors for now. So we we will see what happens in the future. Um, but until then, hopefully, your Windows 11 machine is not running slow because of uh of of I, it's not a bug, it's a feature, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, Brad, what, what the what the hell's going on with uh with Windows
3: 11? Uh... uh, something interesting that I'm surprised hasn't come up before. But Tom's Hardware noticed it and did a bunch of excellent testing on it and discovered that Windows 11 Pro by default has BitLocker's software encryption on your full drive. Uh, BitLocker also offers optional hardware encryption, uh, but it defaults to on with the software. Mm-hmm and if you're using windows 11 pro and that's on by default you're not given an option during the setup process to disable it you'd have to have manually gone in there and disabled it mm. uh it can affect your storage performance drastically because the entire time you're reading or writing to the drive it's encrypting it which hurts both the cpu as well as your ssd and uh yeah uh, some of the best case scenarios are about twenty percent lower performance. Uh, some of the worst case scenarios are up to forty-five percent worse performance, uh, especially in random, random I/O. So you know swaps. And,
1: so what what are the what are those use cases that are getting hit? Are we talking like, oh man, you're you're gonna gaming, you're you're just screwed across the board, or is it only
3: it's it's storage heavy? Okay, so like if. You're using Windows 11 Pro because you're compiling a bunch of stuff, Mm -hmm. or you're doing video editing, Mm -hmm. or anything else that involves a lot of writing to storage, uh, that's where you see the performance hits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the kind of use cases that you would have if you have a reason to invest in a Windows 11 Pro license to begin with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's on by default. Uh, I mean, so... I don't know if there's actual recommendations in the in the article, but like, what what do you think the balance is? Because obviously it's a, it's a security thing; it's in place for security reasons, which is important. Don't just you know throw aside security concerns, but also if if you're going to lose all this performance, like, what, what what do you feel personally is that equation of like, oh man, I, I do want to keep myself secure, but I don't want to screw myself in performance.
3: Personally, uh, if you have a business laptop, it's a, like for work from your company. It, if it has Windows 11 Pro, it's going to be on. And that, to me, is a situation where you would want to leave it on because that could easily get stolen. Uh, personally, I think the happy medium would be not even using BitLocker. And instead, especially, especially on a home PC, like you don't have to worry about someone breaking into your house and running away with your home PC. That could happen but as long as you have a password on there, you're probably <laughs> fine. It's more probably applicable to laptops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as long as you're not full of sensitive NDA files or anything like that all over the place, and even if you are, I would, rather than run in full disk encryption, I would download something like the awesome VeraCrypt tool, mm-hmm. which is a third-party open source encryption tool, and use that to encrypt certain files and folders instead, mm-hmm. so that the files you need to be protected are protected but it's not your entire disk getting hit with that encryption every time you read or write anything to storage. So that's what I would do mm. if possible. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, once again, like you said, I mean, if you're already on a pro license, which I think that's mostly people who are using it for work, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess... I see some people be like, "Oh, I just get Pro because you you know you might as well get the the, the best thing of Windows."
3: <laughs> it's nice having you know Hyper V. It's nice having I love Windows Defender Sandbox. Uh, but you know, I have a work laptop with the Windows eleven Pro, and I'm always like, "How is this as slow as it is?" And now I wonder if this is part of it. Interesting. Yeah,
1: Mike have have you ever uh, experienced any problems with with your your system being slow because of this?
2: I've definitely had the slowdown on that work laptop, which is, you know, a core i7 16 gigabyte RAM system that should scream at just about everything and does not. I thought it was just because some of our, uh, our IT tools were, you know, not made with speed in mind, but I might have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. the,
1: That's a nice way of saying
2: it. The question, the question I've got here is we're working with Windows and with, with uh, SSDs that have encryption as part of their hardware and windows can see that and knows that but apparently microsoft has made the very deliberate decision to not use those tools and i'm 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 wondering if that's the best way to go about it for them i mean it seems kind of like a control freak decision on their part just like we we want our tools and we trust our tools way more than the than the the storage manufacturers
3: yep uh We ran a translated version from our sister site, PC Welt, uh, and they speculate there's been issues in the past where the SSD hardware encryption tools that are not from BitLocker uh, have had bugs in them before. Hmm. And they just had glaring bugs open for a while before they were patched. So they speculate over at PC Welt that this might have been the response to that because this wasn't the default before in Windows 10 Pro turning on software BitLocker was not the default. You had to go in there and manually do it. Then all this stuff happened, and now it's the default. So I don't know. For me personally, I think the best situation, if you already got a pro licensing system, you presumably know somewhat what you're doing or your laptop's being configured by an IT elf who knows what they're doing, and uh, you could just set up the, the options to begin with. Hey, you know, Windows 11 Pro offers uh, software you know, encryption, that'll be, you know, easy to recover if you need to. Uh, might affect storage, but it'll keep your device safe. We also offer hardware-based BitLocker. Doesn't affect, you know, the performance whatsoever, but has X, Y, and Z advantages. Or we've detected you have a Samsung SSD in there. If you want, you can go download Samsung's Magician software and do it through there. Hmm. Like, to me, if, if you're already running a Pro OS, give some Pro-level options.
1: Right, yeah, which goes back to that whole yeah. If 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 you already know that you need Pro and you're going to use those features, you know, for one reason or the other, you're probably somebody who's a little more educated and can can configure it themselves. Uh, but but this is on by default, uh, which I think is is the harder yeah. part. Is a lot of people don't realize
3: that. Um, and it might be it might be worth checking out if uh, you're a gamer at home, because some some people do opt for Windows 11 Pro. Uh, A lot of pre-built systems that are sold as high-end gaming systems and, you know, whatever systems come with Windows 11 Pro installed. And if it's hitting data that hard, I mean, that could definitely impact performance in open world games, for example. Those are constantly streaming data from the disk. I would just check it out, poke around, see what's up. Hmm. Uh, On PCWorld.com, we have an article about this that goes in and tells you what command line things to use to turn it off, turn it on, stuff like that, so you can play around. And if you have it installed, you're a gamer who plays a lot, of especially open-world games. I would, you know, poke and prod. Uh, did they make this change for Windows 10 Pro as well, or is this just Windows 11? Uh, according to Jared Walton's article over at Tom's Hardware, it's just Windows 11. I trust Jared's data more than my own, though. We've had him on the show a few times. He's a smart dude.
1: <laughs> well, just another reason why I will continue to... To stick with Windows 10 for my work machine then. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I've, and I wonder if that will change. I wonder if the, the, the there will be any pushback to Microsoft and Microsoft's like, oh, wait, no, hold on. We don't. It doesn't have to be a default thing.
3: Um, I, I, I find it interesting that it was never noticed until now. I wonder if that speaks about what sort of workloads that Windows 11 Pro users do, whether or not People are paying that close attention to reviews versus what you're seeing. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. That's been two years or whatever since Windows 11 came out, Windows 11 Pro, and just now is when it's like, oh, hey. Well, and the big question I had,
1: uh, just for my own personal reasons, is actually the same one friend of the show Ruru2 has here on, on uh, YouTube. Will this affect benchmark scores on CPU reviews? Uh, I actually didn't run Pro. I just I, I ran normal Windows 11 Home on the, the systems that I had. But Gordon usually does Pro. But also, I mean, I think that's something he would double check: is you know, is BitLocker on or off, or you know, that that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I I am curious to know. I mean, yes, it would affect it. I mean, it, it depends on it. I'm sorry. It depends on the benchmark. Right. I mean Cinebench is not gonna you know, you're not gonna see any tangible difference there. Uh but yeah, huh. Interesting.
3: It would it would depend on the benchmark. Uh like for example, if you're doing PC marks productivity one and it's cycling through the Excel spreadsheets and the videos and stuff, mm-hmm. that obviously hits storage in some way. But or seven, since it's, the exact same, it's the exact same benchmark application being used across all the chips, so they're being used in the same way, just with different chips. So I think it would still reflect the difference between them. True, yeah. Uh, well, I, well, I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it, if I was testing CPUs with Windows 11 Pro, I would definitely check this out.
1: Yeah, yeah, as, yeah, as long as it's consistent, because, I mean, that's the thing, is that some people reuse older numbers, and if those older numbers have it off, but the newer numbers have it on, then that is not consistent, and that, that is hard to gauge across. But, yeah, if, if everything was tested with it on, then at least as long as it's noted, hey, it's on you know performances could be impacted here and there uh yeah that is interesting um interesting 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 uh yeah okay well then uh i i guess we'll we'll, we'll keep watching the situation and see if there's any any change and we, we will alert you fine folks
3: um, um i would be so bummed if i spent up for like a samsung 990 pro and windows 11 pro and <laughs> the combination drop that 990 pro just right back down to average or whatever.
1: (laughs) oh oh, yeah. Um all right let's uh let's switch over to QA. Uh I do have some some questions to get to. If you have any questions right now and you're watching us live uh get them in the chat at PC World. That's kind of the easiest way for us to see it. Or if you're listening or watching this later, uh there is a link to over to our, our awesome Discord with some uh, uh a channel in there that you can put in your questions and hopefully we will get to them on the show. Um the first one I want to get to is actually a super chat from friend of the show VC Jester. It's not a question, just a a fun comment. $5. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Said uh whichever company develops a driver that automatically covers ads with funny cat videos gets our dollar. <laughs> develops a
3: driver. At least make up somebody make a chrome extension for that at the very least.
1: I know, right? I, well, I, and I'm trying to think what was it? It was Burnout Paradise that tried to to say it was going to dynamically change the billboard ads in the game, right? Yep. Wasn't was it?
2: Yeah. Oh, there have been many many games that have done that. Yeah. And that's that was if I remember right, that's an EA game and that's something that they developed <laughs> for a long time. Used in a lot of boxing games, I think some football games as well, which from from the perspective of, of, like, immersion it's interesting because that's a real thing that happens in real sports. Yeah. So why not do it in a sports game? Yeah. Um, But it's still kind of gross advertising <laughs> stuff. So, yeah.
1: I mean, but if it's just cats, yeah. then I am totally in. Right. Take my money. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Adam's money, my ad- <laughs>
2: advertise the same stuff. Give me the same products, and just fill them with cats demonstrating the product. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, like that. Actually, that's
1: pretty funny yeah, too. That's good. Um, uh, Technicolor Tube says uh, Battlefield 2042 has Logitech ads on billboards. So oh. I, I mm-hmm. had yeah, no idea. Sad. Again, another, another EA, EA game. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Um, oh, we we got a a five uh, pound pound. Thank you, super chat again. Uh, from Space Channel 5 Uh, says, I installed 11 Pro from ISO 2 months months ago and BitLocker was off. Uh, Yeah, we should reiterate, this was a recent change, wasn't it?
3: Uh, I'm not sure. It might be. (laughs) Again, I didn't test it myself. This is off a report from Tom's and some other people have done some other things. But yeah, it's, it's a relatively recent change. And if you're upgrading, it would also presumably hold your preferences from Windows 10. <clears throat> i wouldn't
2: assume that though i'd, yeah. I'd double check <laughs> yes i 100
3: agree <laughs> yeah
1: um all right i'm gonna get to a question over here on the discord uh this is a fun one i was hoping elena could be here for this one uh, maybe, maybe we'll ask it again uh next episode but uh a friend of the show vc jester asks how many black friday slash cyber monday items have you bought due to price but you haven't used them yet uh, I think he he's uh, relating to Gordon buying a uh, a huge SSD and then uh, immediately regretting it <laughs> and then also never using it. Uh, yeah, Mike, is it, what what kind of items have you just picked up like oh man this is a great deal and then you
2: just haven't released it at all? You know I don't think I've I've done that. In several years, at the very least. Really? Uh, I've, I've been trying to limit my my impulse buying, yeah. especially for those big sales, to something that I can actually justify. I'm not going to say I needed everything, um, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one thing that I picked up on this last one was my favorite little uh, portable battery here, which I think I, re- I recommended in one of our articles. And I love this design because it has all of the, uh, the cables that you need built right into it mm-hmm. and not only that it plugs right into the wall oh wow um, okay i've
1: never seen that like that's funny
2: yeah oh it's so handy uh <laughs> it's wonderful um so yeah if, if you google search on on pc world you can find my recommendation because it's got some crazy name it's Virg v-r-u-r-c <laughs> I was like, are you okay
0: were you choking yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no no that is that is the actual brand name good grief uh yeah i, I it's <laughs> yeah. there are several different manufacturers that do similar stuff like that but i love how handy it is you don't need anything else you can charge up everything with one little bitty thing it's great
1: uh Brad any any uh impulse buys that you just have not used
3: uh, no, I'm a single dad, and prices are getting high everywhere, so I tactically buy when I go in stuff. Uh, two things I did buy, but I actually I just bought something. and I haven't started using it yet during Amazon Prime Day 2. The Prime sequel. Uh, <laughs> but only because I got it just two or three days ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I decided to become a nerdy a watch guy, but Ooh. in the nerdiest way possible. Uh-huh. I spent I had my eye on it in a tab for a year. Price never dropped enough till Prime Day 2. I got a sweet gold-toned Casio watch Ooh. with full calculator with memory and wow. all oh. that stuff. I so. always wanted
1: one of those calculator watches as a kid. Yeah. Oh, man. I got I got one of those
3: gold-toned. I got some new sunglasses to match it, and I'm going to be rolling around in the coolest, least cool way possible. <laughs> <laughs> in the
1: most elder millennial uh, way
3: possible. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, I like it. So I haven't used those yet, but they're coming soon.
1: Willis, anything... Uh... You bought, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, I, I never end up using this.
3: Uh,
0: several Black Fridays ago, I bought uh, a Switch, right? Uh, uh-huh. But it was a bundle that came with a Spyro trilogy, and okay. I still haven't played that game <laughs> yet. So backlog games, still just a bunch of backlogs. The backlog <laughs> games, yeah. yeah. Oh, what about you,
1: Adam? God, uh, hmm. I'm sure there's plenty of things for me personally, but I will say, uh, I will say, especially around, around those deals, I end up getting buying stuff here and expensing it for like, you know, Oh, you know, I'm going to do this in a build or I'm going to test this out. And it's just like, Oh boy. All right. well oh crap. I never got to that. Uh, so <laughs> definitely guilty of it. Uh, using the company's money. <laughs> That's for sure.
3: You're not supposed to say that I part don't. out loud okay. on the podcast. Adam.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, but actually I will, I will be using some of it tomorrow. We got a live build, yes. uh really high end system. You, you're going to, you're going to want to see this. This is, this is like, Ooh, mm, wow. It's, it's beautiful gonna t- t- take the time to make it beautiful too uh yeah uh what and, time uh 1 p.m pacific is probably when we're gonna do all it right. uh so yeah tune in we, we got that uh i'm gonna this all started because uh, uh asus lent us that that um 30 or 4090 the oh. rog matrix, yeah, matrix. platinum Ooh. Yeah, so we're going to put that in, but also something we've been doing the the past couple builds that people have been liking is doing a choose your own adventure thing. Mm. So I've, <laughs> I've 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 I bought in uh two different cases. I have got uh so people are going to be able to pick the case, uh real high end nice cases uh and then the uh the platform for the CPUs, uh 14th gen or uh or 7950X or 60X3D. Like X in experience.
3: real time and pools and stuff like that? Yes.
1: Yeah. No, it's, oh, it's, it's been fun. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. The last time we did it was my, my small form factor box that I'm, I'm using for gaming. I, I let them pick between a 4080 and a, a 7900 XTX. Uh, so, yeah, like pe- people seem to enjoy that. So, yeah, tomorrow it's going to be fun. That, that'll be fun. So, and actually I, I am planning. One of the things I, I want to plan on is like an all user made real time you know like hey i've got these two different options that you can go i mean as long as they're compatible <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. then yeah you, you we're, we're gonna vote on it real time so that's fun yeah it, it should be fun anyway um we got a, an, another awesome uh question from friend of the show vc gesture uh <laughs> it's kind of a trolling question uh but so when intel says a socket will be so- supported by next gen cpus we can assume the next generation will be refreshed um not always but yes, I guess, <laughs> you know, I mean, why not? <laughs> Once again, in, in, in my reviews, you know, is like uh, I, I like, yeah, they were uninspiring, but OK, cool. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'd rather have them do something, I guess, than, than nothing until Arrow Lake. So uh, if, if they if God, yeah, I mean, it, it's so weird because I feel like refreshes aren't always on the table, CPUs or GPUs, right? It's just like, hey, you know, how long until the next one? Hey, do we have anything to really refresh? So,
3: yeah. Man, uh, while we're on that topic, uh, if you watched last week's episode, you already know what we think of the Intel refresh. Uh, Like, (laughs) meh. But the redeeming qualities I said out loud, and some other people said out loud on the show last week, is that it has some new features, like Wi-Fi 7 and Thunderbolt 5. Uh, The day after... The oh, news embargo and the reviews came out. Yes, yes, yes. Intel put out a correction and mm-hmm. said these Raptor Lake refresh parts won't actually support Thunderbolt 5 whatsoever.
1: These ones, yes. So
3: that's a massive bummer on top of the very meh
1: refresh. Yeah. Just in case you haven't heard that. And I, I did read an article. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, but I believe it was on Tom's Hardware about some Reddit user using that new uh, software, the the APO software. Um, and showing performance improvements, uh, I think it was uh, Rainbow Six Siege, and God, what was the other game? I can't remember. It was two games: Metro Exodus uh, Enhanced Edition.
3: Those are the only two games that support that right now.
1: Oh, I, I thought there was a one one more game that they hadn't Intel hadn't showed on that slide. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember, but yeah, like it was essentially, oh yeah, it's working okay cool i mean it looked like
3: it worked pretty well at least in that user's test the yeah. reddit guys yeah. uh it was up to like 30 percent, i think i want to say yeah. right around 30 percent in uh rainbow six siege but also which for siege. Brings it from like 500 frames to, to per like 800 to like or, or something yeah i know yeah. I, was just, I was like oh wow okay great uh you know but yeah <laughs> it's cool i mean it's a cool proof of concept uh we'd have to see it in more games and you know popular games i would think before yeah. we can really recommend it too hard but it's cool if it works like that
1: also i mean the the biggest question i'm having is like okay well, well how are they doing that are they i mean obviously they're probably dynamically boosting something are are they disabling e cores are they like what, what you know are there parking cores or what what, what the hell are they doing because i oh. also on the on the on the flip end i want to see power draw like is this like oh yeah okay you, you get this extra performance but it, this thing you know is, is juice and power i yeah uh, oh.
3: I'm just, sure it's going to.
1: Yeah, I, I just fully don't understand what's going on here yet. So, and I, I haven't, I haven't got my hands on it. So,
3: I, I can't cite the source because again, this is just something I was reading earlier. But uh, they were saying that uh, Roger Chandler, I believe it was from Intel, mm-hmm. was saying that it's basically a more advanced version of the technology that Thread Director is built on. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking all the different signals in and super optimizing it. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. See, wait, wait till a few more games are out, poking pride a little bit harder. But yeah, could be interesting.
1: But also, once again, just just for that was just for 14th gen, right? I think it was locked.
3: Not even just 14th gen. Just I think it's just the 900, possibly the 700K too. Like it's just oh. the upper end chips. Yeah,
1: be interesting. We'll be interested. Maybe it's just like a, a beta for something that's going to be heavily used in Arrow Lake. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. uh we will see um uh, a quick little question from mtk uh over on discord uh did you tweak bat brad's audio recently seems like he's much clearer yesterday uh referring to last week's episode uh no i maybe your your internet was better i, I don't know
3: uh i've been pretty sick for a while and that wasn't last week so maybe that's it Who
1: you knows. Um. Let's see. Is there any more questions uh, that we can pop on here? Uh, here's a good one. uh laptop related uh, from front of the show, Dark Helmet. I was looking at my local micro center, and all the gaming laptops priced between fifteen hundred and twenty four hundred dollars had eight gig GPUs, and twenty seven out of the twenty nine models had screens at four eighty p or above. Given the recent publicity in the tech space around eight gigabyte, uh. VRAM video cards. Uh what do you think it will take to break the logjam of gaming laptops with this amount of memory? Or am I just a snob?
3: Uh ninety-five percent probably of laptop GPUs come from NVIDIA, and NVIDIA is notoriously skimpy on memory. So what it will take is hopefully a new generation. Uh may take two, who knows? Well, do you, uh, you do you deal with compromises like that when you get laptops as opposed to desktops? Unfortunately, yeah, like the uh, <sighs> they really worry about power and VRAM does use a decent amount of power in laptops, so I can get why they kind of do that. But yeah, it's just going to take new NVIDIA generations, and hopefully, NVIDIA bumps it up next time.
1: It is interesting. I, I do feel, and maybe I'm missing this, maybe this is just a blind spot, but I do feel like. A lot. The people who were who are um, the most vocal about the VRAM limits are talking about desktop GPUs versus laptop GPUs. But the same thing applies over there. I think what happens is that yeah, I mean, a forty seventy laptop is already not a normal forty seven or a, a desktop version of the yep. forty seventy. So it's power constrained. You know, it it, it can be the a cut down die, and also it's using less VRAM. So, but I mean, it it, it is a good point. I think the the other thing though it's is a great that point. yeah I think the other thing though is that even though the screens are in 4K, I I do wonder if a lot of people will just play at 1080p because I mean you're on a smaller screen like the benefits of jumping from you know from a ten from 1080 to 1440 to to 4K on a gaming laptop that is no more than 17 inches like at that point I wonder if people just just default to bumping down the resolution for gaming.
3: I really like, uh, obviously, I was in the store where this person was at, but I really think that screens on gaming laptops have actually gotten a lot more reasonable in recent generations. Uh, It used to be they would throw 4K on everything and just upcharge the hell out of you if you didn't (laughs) want a cheap 1080p panel. But now, you know, 1080p high refresh rate, like 1080p 144 hertz is the default. Like even in 4050 laptops, you see that. And we're seeing a lot more 1440p laptop screens, too. Hmm. Uh, I think that came out with the 30 series. Yeah, NVIDIA worked with 30 series to have that happen. So worked with the whole industry to get more 1440p ones out there. So I'm actually encouraged that there's a lot fewer 4K gaming laptops than we used to see. It used to be crap 1080p or super expensive 4K. And now the whole mid-ground's there. Hmm. But yeah, that sucks about the memory. (laughs) um front of the show ziv
1: ziv did we ask this last week uh do, do you think uh we'll start to see dedicated ai cards inherit or supplant the role of graphics cards in the future did we talk about that last week i can't remember
3: uh, i had to bounce before the oh the q a
1: okay Q&A. maybe that's why i was i was holding it for for you brad double double i th- uh
3: I do think AI and upscaling and stuff like that is going to become more important as time goes on, Uh, even in gaming graphics. Uh, We could see supplementary cards, but I think that would get very confusing. Like Right now it's really hard to get multi-GPU rendering just because of the complexity of just like, do we split this between frames? How do we do this? How do we do that? I would think that having a separate AI built-in card, as you're trying to use that to upscale visuals in real time, could present some real problems. So I wouldn't be surprised if AI gets built more into graphics cards, and we slowly start to see the space of the die shift more towards the AI side. Hmm. But I'm not sure that we will see AI add-in cards specifically to enhance gaming. We might see it for something like machine learning or something like that, but... I just would think that would be very difficult to pull off in real time at 240 hertz, 500 hertz a second we're getting mm-hmm. some monitors these days. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I think uh, something like, you know, supplementary processors, extra extra bits on the die, adding in this capability is a, is a lot more likely than having separate dedicated hardware.
1: Hmm. AI. Yeah,
3: it's like rendering games is real hard. There's a reason, like, everyone's like, ooh, AMD's going to chiplets, and they did, and it's going to give them cost savings, that's great. But the chiplets that we have in Radeon are very different than the chiplets that we're seeing on the desktop, where they're actually separate chiplets. This is the memory chiplets are off the side on Radeon. Uh, Because it is very difficult, especially with modern engines. Crossfired and SLI, things used to be more common, but now everything's so precisely tuned that it just doesn't make sense. It's incredibly difficult. AMD and NVIDIA both said they've been working on trying it for a while. I hope they break it. Crack it. But, uh, yeah, I would. I, I don't think AI cards, because once you factor in that whole thing in there, that seems way too complicated to me.
1: Yeah, you got to have some sort of... I mean, something I think it was um, Keith and I were talking about recently, which uh, somebody asked where Keith has been. Uh, I do have a video waiting on me to get pushed live that Keith has finished a couple weeks ago. I just got buried in the CPU stuff, so Keith is, is still... Uh, making videos for us, <laughs> um, but uh, the the idea of of being able to have like a a uh, in the in the past at least when I was doing a lot of game streaming, I had one machine dedicated to gaming and one sh- machine dedicated to streaming. That's very you know typical use case for for a lot of professionals doing that. Uh, but I kind of wanted to try. Okay, well, what if you throw in like a a five eighty or an a three eighty, you know, something like that, just to handle the AV one encoding but the gaming is all run on the CPU or the GPU or, you know, the, the main gaming graphics yep. card. Like what, what, what would that look like? Um, is that doable? I, I talked a little bit to Adam from Epos Vox about this. And and he said, especially in like uh, newer versions of OBS, it's gotten a lot better uh, that it is feasible. Um, you know, so I, like, okay. Great. So, so that's not a, a pure AI idea, but like some sort of add in card, you know, that, like, I, I, I could see some sort of future like that where it's like, okay, it's not, maybe not for the gaming, but maybe it helps upscale it or, or stream it out, you know.
2: Uh, I remember, like, 10 button. years ago, NVIDIA was able to isolate, like, the physics processing onto a secondary uh, GPU, even if it was, like, an older and weaker one. And because it didn't need that much, but it was enough to let you boost your primary performance off of it, maybe something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a couple more questions and we'll get out of here um let's go with this one it's a little specific uh hopefully i can pare this down this from front of the show drew over on discord um i currently have an rtx 4080 laptop and it honestly performs amazingly i got it for the portability but have realized that i usually just use a dock at home so it's been a pc for me in that sense uh yeah um at the same time, my inner enthusiast really wants to sell this laptop uh, to work towards a 4090 desktop rig. Really hard to justify the purchases. Do you think 12 gig of VRAM on the 4080 laptop paired with a 13th gen Intel chip, which sounds like it's a 13900K, H, or I'm sorry, 13900HX, will be fine uh, for for at least until Nvidia's 5000 series GPUs, which, as we know, the roadmap looks like 2025 so they should say uh fine for them being mean 120ish fps at 1440p. So do you, do you think their 4080 laptop with a 1300 hx is going to be fine uh for a couple years?
3: Yeah. That's high end South that's high end hardware both ends. The 4080s are closer to 4070s in real life uh or not in real life. The mobile 4080, 4080 laptops are closer to 4070 desktop So I mean, if you're just got deep pockets and you're into it, and you can flip that thing and do enough to get a forty ninety desktop, you definitely would see some performance benefits. But that card is going to, and that card and that chip are going to do just fine for you for the next year and a half. Those are those are both high end parts.
1: And I mean, with with any piece of hardware, especially as it as it ages, I mean, like it's not it's not that it's just going to stop working. Uh, you know, maybe you'll have to to bump back some visual settings or something like that to to get that kind of performance uh but yeah i mean i don't know that that's one of the things that bugs me about all this like vram stuff is that people are, are acting like it's like oh man if you have 12 gigs of vram you know whatever next year's game is just not going to run on it and it's like no it's that's not the case uh you know you, you're you're going to have to do a little bit more of the heavy lifting on your end to configure it to you know run well but yeah it's not like it's just all of a sudden it's just not going to work so yeah,
3: I mean, in games that you bump into where it starts stuttering like bad, like, that is a deal-breaker. But there are very few and are far far between, and mostly at 4K. Hmm. If you're worried about hitting 120 FPS at 1440p with that setup, like, I have no concerns. 12G should do you just fine. Okay. Especially if you play on high. People in the know play on high instead of ultra. It looks pretty much the same and save gets you a lot extra FPS.
2: Especially for a laptop. <laughs> Although you said it was docking, so. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah,
1: a desktop replacement. Um, all right, uh, last one uh, to come in here, I think, and then we will get out of here. Uh, friend of the show, Ivan Ramanazov. Uh, keep I, one of these days, I'm going to learn to say right. Uh, I think it's time to ask this question again. Does the PC have a future, as in a a big big box PC with constant attacks from laptops uh, and phones? Uh, you know the like. Do, Why should somebody want a PC today or in five years from now? Is it only for the upgradeability? Is that the only reason why a desktop has a place? Mike?
3: Do you want to go first, Mike?
2: Sure. I mean, we were hearing a lot of the same talk like 10 years ago, and I don't think the situation has really changed. Uh, If anything, people have gotten more... Interested and invested in the desktop PC space, even if we don't see that in terms of like the total marketplace, just because the total marketplace is not the same community that we see looking in for you know performance in terms of either PCs or laptops. Um, even with like the rise of streaming stuff over the various services, I haven't seen a whole lot of people say, hey, I don't need this anymore, or even I don't want this anymore. I would say within the next five years, there's no real danger of, of this community of this segment going away.
1: I mean, I mean one, one maybe pushback is that, Hey, uh, you know, GPU sales, uh, you know, historically over the past 10 years have been going down. Right. We, we saw that report, but does that give you worry, Brad?
3: No, not whatsoever. Uh, you know, tablets were supposed to kill the PC. Phones were supposed to kill the PC. Uh game consoles were supposed to kill the PC. Uh the pandemic pricing was also supposed to kill the PC. Uh it did hurt the PC. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Broke a but, rib. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I'm not worried about it. There's uh you can get unique not just the power that you can get in a PC, like that that frag box that you're sitting there, like no other device can match that, and there's a lot of workloads for that. But not even that for normal folks. Sitting at a dedicated machine with a mouse and a keyboard or a gamepad is a very different experience from all the things that are supposedly supposed to be killing off the PC. And I think that that ergonomic factor has a lot of staying power that a lot of these pie-in-the-sky analysts miss. Like Sitting down at your monitor with your keyboard uh, is worthwhile
1: docking a really high-end laptop like the the previous question i mean that is that is not like like laptops are oh boy wow they can get damn powerful
3: yeah it's ridiculous it's ridiculous how power uh, again i've been doing this for a while (laughs) uh gaming laptops now just were not fathomable seven years ago uh i think if anything ever does usurp the pc it would be Cloud PCs. It would be virtual Windows versions where you still stream it to a little stick, but you still have your setup, uh, possibly subscribe to GeForce Now. But then it's still PC gaming just without the box. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because as we just saw, my internet crapped all over itself right? as <laughs> we're starting no. to do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I mean they they say they put uh, upgradeability. Like, is that the only thing? But I, I would not discount that as as not a major thing. I mean that that is a huge thing because we're we're not like laptops is a a closed system. Yes, when we're talking about the the GPUs and the CPUs, but we're talking about the also the the everything else around it, right? It's got a, it's got a built in screen. You know, it's got a built in. key. I, I don't know how many people like dock a laptop versus actually just use a laptop. Um, but, I mean, like the, the upgradability, the, and maybe another word to say is like um, customiz- customizability, because I, I feel like a lot of times I'll look at, at laptop specs and I'm like, oh, okay, well, what if you wanted a configuration like a, you know, a bigger CPU but a smaller GPU or vice versa or something like that? Usually you're kind of locked in lines, and a lot of times even even each manufacturer kind of has the same kind of configurations, and then you're just picking, you know, feature sets in between that. Uh, where on a uh you know hey on on a desktop system i mean you can you can pair whatever you want in there you know you can get it as as cool looking or or not as you as you can you can change it out to, you know upgradability is not a minor thing to just throw away uh it's yeah so And, and the in yep. dark helmet front of the sh- dark helmet i mean e e waste right being able to to swap something out and you know pass it down to a a friend or a family member is is a huge deal too so
3: Yeah, Yeah. and I was just thinking about it speaking to my point about the form factor the ergonomics like historical data has always showed that as far as shopping goes tons of people you know they browse on their phones they Black friday the holidays you look on your phones but it's time to actually buy something like 80 percent of people move to a computer to buy it Hmm. and I think that just kind of gets to the point that I'm trying to make like it's a very unique form factor and experience that can't be replaced, even by something that you're already doing on your phone. Comparison shopping, hmm. then you go to your PC and open a bunch of tabs and look around and do different stuff. So,
1: or reading PCWorld.com. it's
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> Falcon Northwest is in chat, uh, saying, uh-huh. uh, commenting. Please see Gordon's Fragbox review from 20 years ago. I think the PC was declared dead three times between then and now. <laughs> Yeah, there's always something out for
1: the PC, and I mean, I think worst case scenario, like it's never going to be dead. Like, like, like say, say it continues to trend down, right? Who knows? You know, maybe just prices and you know, just world uh, conditions. Like, just like it continues to trend downwards, I think it'll always be around, and there's always going to be a need for it. Uh, Gor- Gordon likes to poo somebody, you know, who like still f- shoots on film uh, <laughs> for like you know, still photo cameras and stuff like that, but like. Like, yes, film is not selling as much as its heyday, uh, but there's still a lot of people who love to shoot on film. There's a, a reason to have it around. I mean, Polaroid still exists. Um, you know, people love, you know, certain certain things. So worst case scenario, it just becomes more of a niche kind of thing, which, I mean, honestly, it kind of is already a niche thing. If you look at all computer sales, you know, like laptops is still the bulk majority of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's ever going to go away worst case it just becomes a niche niche thing um
2: my two cents yeah, and so and the film is a great example there because i believe film is actually going up in sales versus what it was like five or ten years ago just because of the transition to digital cameras same
1: thing. And with we saw with a bit of that, records yeah
2: yeah yeah we saw a bit of that in the pandemic everybody's like hey i've got my work from home set up let's let's get a real full power pc going and we've got a, a And then it was impossible to find a graphics card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, anyway. Yeah. The
1: PC is not dead. It is alive and well, especially here on PC world where we're all about the PC. No. Uh, Um, yeah, I think, uh, is there anything else that that I missed Willis? Um, anything else? Uh, nope. Okay. Uh, then I think we should wrap it up A a little bit of a shorter show than usual, but, uh, let's wrap it up and uh, remember tune in tomorrow uh 1 p m pacific for uh, a live build a real high end beautiful live build i we usually kind of mix things up but i, I don't know if i've ever done a, a like a, a high end live build like this like just it's going to be real pretty it's it's a a show showpiece kind of pc that that i'm hoping to build so hopefully it doesn't go 20 hours just kidding oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. um anyway Let me uh, get to the ending thing here. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk here on The Full Nerd. To listen to us on the go, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music Podcasts, or uh, anything that you can point your RSS feeder to. Uh, And if you have a second, please go on those services and review us every time you do. A PC gets its wings and stays alive. I don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you, Brad Charkis, for for hanging out with us uh, despite your internet problems.
3: Yeah, it's a shame it was uh, freaking out because I was hoping to do this in the intro. But shout out to the dude who met my mom in a hotel.
1: Uh, okay, <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke or not. But uh, uh, Mike Kreider, <laughs> thanks thanks for joining us. Uh, people love how when when you're on, Mike, you're you're a good guy.
2: Oh. Well that's very gratifying to hear. I I have a good time coming on.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Uh and and thank you, uh, Willis, for, for coming back and even though you're sleep deprived, you're you're running the show. You uh, did you did a fine job.
0: Thank you, thank you. I've been up since uh six AM actually, Ooh. so <laughs> um one thing that uh I was learning uh in Duolingo for, for the trip in Germany, um that I didn't get to use is uh Ich bin ein Kartoffel. I am a potato. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I am. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.